welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Loga the Barbarian, joined by my co-host, Light. Hey, how's everyone doing today? I'm doing great because we've got a special guest, Mike Evans, the writer and creator of Barbarians of the Ruined Earth. Mike, welcome. Hello, good to be here. And I also love your hat. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I think you can tell if you ever see me, you can tell when I haven't had a haircut in a week or so because the little Rage Against the Machine hat goes <laughs> on the top of my head. <laughs> it's that time. So you can always tell just when my hair gets a little long. So our group got a chance to play Barbarians of the Ruined Earth. Was that last week or the week before, Light? It was the uh, week before we played it on uh, MLK, I think it was. That's right. It was Martin Luther King Day. Yeah. And uh, Mike, so we actually played one of your modules that you posted on your blog. We have played Raid on the Blistered Bunch, actually. Oh, nice. I was a big fan of it. Now, I'm going to ask you, Mike, to tell our listeners about the game and what what they can expect from it. And what was your idea behind putting it together? Oh, sure. Uh, so a little bit of quick preamble I'll, I'll, I'll try to make it brief i was uh, at wayne snyder's house who is really involved in the dungeon crawl classic scene uh he is the famous guy behind like the wizard time uh sticker that you might have seen around and he does hobonomicon and uh stuff like that does a lot of stuff with doug kovacs and i was hanging out with him and we we're just hanging out you know drinking beer and smoking weed and stuff like that and uh He's like, have you ever seen Thundar the Barbarian? I said, I don't, I don't think so. And so he's like, oh, dude, this, this is going to change your life. You need, you need to watch <laughs> yes. shit. And I'm like, okay. And so he puts on the episode, I think it's Attack of the Amazons is the, is the title of it. And, uh, and so he puts it on in the moment that I see the intro, I remember it like three, four-year-old <laughs> me instantly <laughs> remembers it. But I always drop the what the flashback <laughs> yeah it was literally like oh shit i remember this and it was it was um i had always confused it with he-man it, it, growing up i just one in the same in my child brain you know and so uh we watched that episode and it uh, he's not kidding it, it changed my life it was like everything i want a saturday morning cartoon to be and everything i want a fucking role-playing game to be a role-playing <laughs> session like that episode is like anyone you know is like oh who you know what do you suggest to watch i'm like watch that episode because it worked on me and i wrote a whole book on it <laughs> that's it, good it, you know they they start off with the, the three main characters fighting tall strong blue Amazon, amazonian women there is a sorcerer who is like part shark there is a mutated kraken, which is a squid that shoots shoots ink lasers. <laughs> There's an underwater nuclear base with a giant spider, but there's somehow air in there, which they never address that. <laughs> All of that it is works. fascinating to me. And, and, you know, and then there was like the fight scenes and it was all quick, like everything. And, and I know role-playing is, is, you know, obviously not done in a half an hour, uh, but like it was short, it was concise. It's what I want when I role play anymore. I don't have time for long winded tropes. I don't want to play fucking Lord of the Rings. I want to <laughs> play half an hour stories that are cool vignettes that then I can go about my day because I get to role play once a month if I'm lucky. 
And so like, I need to make every minute count, you know? So I I started thinking about like, well, Black Hack first edition had, had been out uh, for a little bit because I think I'd already released uh, or was about to release uh, the Black Hole edition of Star Runner kit. And it just worked really well. It was it, it was what I was looking for as a rule system. Uh, you know, roll under. I don't have to explain any mechanics to anybody because that was always something that bothered me with third edition. And, and I never, I didn't play fourth. That wasn't my thing. And then uh, uh, I tried fifth edition. I ran it for six months. I gave it a go. It's just too crunchy to me. So Black Hack just hit that really great feel. And so I, I just started writing it and I, it started with a blog post uh, that I, I did right when I got back. And it was basically like Thund- black hack is great for Thundar the barbarian. <laughs> and I wrote out just like, here's these quick things. And then Wayne and a couple people that I had been hanging out with were like, you, you should write this. And then that's just kind of where it started. Um, and I just, I really wanted to capture the feel. So like, super best drunk purchase I ever did when I was hanging out with Wayne is I ordered the DVDs that <laughs> night. Like I was like, the Ange, these might come while I'm gone. Angie, Angie's my wife. Uh, these might come. You're going to think I've gone crazy, but you're going to love this show. And in fact, she does. She's watched all the episodes with me, uh, but that's where it started. That's great. That's great. That's, that's wonderful. We, I, have never played the Black Hack until we played that. I've got a copy of the first edition Black Hack, and I've okay, yeah, had it on the shelf, read through it a few times, but never had a chance to play through. And honestly, playing through, I freaking love the system. It's yep. so easy to catch on. Yep. I can see why. I, I can see taking folks that aren't normal gamers, regular gamers, and being able to get them to catch on with that system for this game real quick. I think it's pretty well done for that. Excellent for what, what we were doing in the game. Yep. That's that's my two cents on it. I've been well, I appreciate get- that. Yeah, he D- David Black did an amazing job with it. He boiled down what worked in, in fifth edition, which is the advantage and disadvantage advantage, system. Like, yeah. I, I think I think that's brilliant for uh, a mechanic and i know they did, i know that fifth edition didn't create it like Barbar- barbarians of lemuria was using it way earlier and there's other games that that have instances of that but like as a new player or even not a new player I, we all have friends that you're playing fifth edition you play every week you play twice every two weeks whatever they never remember the fucking rules and and you're like they're like what do i add to what now and then everyone's <laughs> yep. having to tell them what they add and then someone else is like well but don't forget you have the plus two sort of buddha and then it, it's like no just you have advantage and you have disadvantage that's that's it there's no counting because i don't want people to break out their toes and i don't want nosebleeds i i can get on with that i'm, I'm a big fan of it i like my systems as simple as possible a lot of times well yep. i can't say i do and i have enjoyed some pretty i run rifts on the weekends oh shit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but that also makes me really appreciate a rules like gay. Yeah. As as I yep. Now, Light, you're the one that, that ran this. I've got questions for you specifically. Um, how was it running this game? Because I just played it. it. <laughs> yeah, so running it was very simple as well, since we, you know, again, it's based off of Black Hack and the way Mike had listed out, you know, a lot of the character classes. 
and the spells and such, it was very easy to jump right into it because as Logar mentioned, you know, we, we've played crunchy, crunchy games before and it's nice to be able to jump in and run something pretty much, you know, right out the book, right out of the box, as they say, you know, right out the book. So it was great. You know, we played, was it rated on the blistered bunch because we were trying to do an adventure in one night. We're yep. probably going to come back and play your other modules, Slave Minds of Vindicius the Terrible, but that yep. one might be like a two or three night adventure. So we were trying to just do a one night adventure. So that's why I uh, pulled right on the blister bunch off ah. your blog. And, you know, I love the tables that you had because oh. this is an adventure that you play multiple times, <laughs> not just yeah. one time. Yeah. I, uh, so let me ask one question for you. For how, how long do you guys usually run your sessions for? Usually about uh, two and a half to three hours, roughly. So you you could get through Vindicus in one night if you have a really efficient group. Uh, or if you do the thing that some people aren't fans of, but I, again, I believe in maximizing my time, and that's trimming the fat. If there's rooms that you look at that are extraneous that are going to take away from the fun, cut the rooms off. It's not yeah. going to destroy player agency because every room I have there's no real plot device in the room because it's, it's a sandbox. Like literally they, the cage is open and it's go and go where you want, do what you want. I didn't want to have anything be where like, Oh, you missed the room. You can't right. find the thing. You can't finish, so you can, you can't finish the, the mission. <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, I, I, you could, you could guys could probably get through it in, in a three hour session. Uh, I, my guess is it would be one, maybe two tops. Okay, no, no. So again, you know, we are going to go back and play that one um, just based on the number of encounters because we typically like to explore every nook and cranny cool. in our game. So that's why <laughs> we, we want to maximize our enjoyment Absolutely. of the adventure and module <laughs> itself. So we try to explore every closet, every pit, everything. So that's why um, we, I decided to run, you know, Raid on the Blister Bunch. And as I mentioned, even for that adventure, I think there's a lot of options that we could do based on all the awesome See, tables you put to in. My, um, but she doesn't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> we do what we can with our, you know, premium gaming on top of our normal daily lives and activities and such. So again, the game itself, you know, like I said, ran very smoothly. The way, you know, Mike, you had written the uh, adventure as well too, was very easy to bring cool. up the encounters and such. And uh, it was, you know, straightforward. And we, we also appreciated some of the, uh, stupendous science magic items that you have placed in the game as well too which oh thanks i appreciate that <laughs> took took advantage of which they'll be using next game i'm sure well that's the point so where did the like i know this was trying to model after thundar he-man and things like that so what what were the can you give me an idea behind some of the ideas behind the classes that you chose there because there were definitely some unique classes yeah okay so I, I obviously started with the first, I started with the first three, uh, you know, I've got, you got to have those in there. Right. The traditional. Yeah. You know, you got to have the barbarian, the sorcerer and the, the beast man and the beast man. Yeah. I know like, however you want to phrase it, species is class, race is class, fucking whatever it, it it's, I wanted to, I thought that the, 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 the old paradigm of races class really worked with this game versus you know a new genre which is you can be a war forged artificer cleric 
which I get that that's people's enjoyment. I'm not poo-pooing on their yum. It's just I for trying to be as true to the source material, that keep it simple, stupid mantra was something I, I try to do throughout. So I did those three. And then obviously, like I wanted to do right by the book, the, the, the narrative. So I rewatched the entire series uh, a couple times and, and took notes and, and whatnot. And then uh, punk rock and body horror movies like The Thing and, and Tetsuo Iron Man, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They're big influences yep. on me. So like, yeah, I kind of rewatched some of those. And those, those also played like a big influence in like yeah, when I wrote Hubris. And, uh, and then uh, probably like and I, I it's i'm very open about this not this big secret or anything but mad max fury road it is like my all-time favorite movie now that thing came on screen and i about wet my pants in the theater i enjoyed it so much came out of the theater and my wife was like it's like they read one of your books and made it into a movie <laughs> and so to me that's that's a win you know so i always try to have that like what matters to me and and, and again what i've seen in my groups that i play with the action matters the long-winded narratives don't matter they want to have fun they want to kill war boys and like have moments of character development but by and large they want to be in like something where it's not sitting around for forever not having a goal so i always try to channel those so i kind of started then looking at through that lens like what else can i put in this book that would make sense within the confines of the world and so Urchin had to be in there because that Urchin character, which is in two episodes of Thundar, the little blonde brat with who has the train, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll be honest. I have not seen Thundar the Barbarian since it was happening. <laughs> this interview is over, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. It's so, been a while. Light, don't you have them? Uh, Florida Lynn has them. I was going to order the Blu-ray here, so. Yeah, I highly recommend it. It's $30. $30. It's well worth it. You'll watch it multiple times. Is it on stream? Not that I'm aware of. Like, I don't think so. I don't own physical medium anymore for like TV and stuff. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, don't. you could look on Amazon to see if it's something you could purchase through like their prime. Yeah, there's got to be someone who sells someone. It. Yeah, but it, it, I highly recommend watching them. They're, they're, they're so good like they're like they're cheesy and they're dated you know like thundar is the man explaining to the woman and has to <laughs> rescue her and all that right. true bullshit that is tired and old but like at the same time it's balls to the walls crazy like it's like i live for rpgs to come up with some of the stuff that they showed kids in the 80s like that era the 80s like i was born in 78 and yeah. i grew up I know Light was was about as not too far off from me, born in the seventies as well. We grew up with a lot of like the cartoons of that era. There was a whole thing where they're just like they were balls to the wall, like you said, and there was all kinds of crazy, bizarre, whatever's yep. going on. Some I, of it was like selling toys of crazier things you could throw right. in there. I'm like, ah, oh, I love those toys when I was young. My wife and I have started watching old Gumby uh episodes because we're we're using that as inspiration for something we're working on for the future so i i did the urchin and then i started looking at other classes and there were a lot of robots in thundar and i i know 
people like there's just a, a type of person that gravitates towards like I want to play a droid in Star Wars or I want to be the robot <laughs> yeah. character. Like I was I was the robot in the group. I was D4QP. Isn't that a flashlight manufacturing <laughs> number? Uh, Could I, be. I, it's possible. I'm not 100% certain. I just went one letter up from C3PO. <laughs> <laughs> on each letter. And said, yep. That's my name. <laughs> there you go. But that's also clever. So I applaud you, sir. Um, so I, I added robot characters, uh, classes. And with the robot and the urchin, I didn't want to lump. I wanted to be like, okay, not everyone playing a robot is going to want to be a fighter. So like I gave them options, you know, like here's yep. your diplomat, here's your fighter, here's your tracker, and here's your medical. Because again, I recognize as someone who's also played MMOs in the past, there's people who like to play support characters. They don't want to be a fighter. They want to be a healer or whatever. So I wanted to give that option. The urchin, same thing. You grew up in a certain environment, which gives you a certain skill and survival. The Vec, I, which are like Raptor, they're Velociraptor people that are obsessed with old technology. Uh, they're fucking cool. They're, they're dinosaur people. And they were largely inspired by Chrono Trigger. Uh, if you guys are familiar with that old yeah. JRPG from the 90s. Yes, yeah, Square. Yep. Square Enix. So there was... Yama. Yep, in the, the in the it's one of my favorite games. That and Breath of the yep. Wild are probably my favorite games. And there's the dinosaur when you go to 65 million BC, and there's like smart dinosaurs that are obsessed with technology and they have this like cool <laughs> kingdom and shit. And I was like, I'm just gonna take that and put that in this world, kind of like as like an Easter egg to see if anyone gets it, but also like I like that thought process. And then I did the the death priest because I, I hate clerics. Uh, I'm not I'm not a fan of gods in my games it I just find it weird that like because okay side tangent I'm an atheist so anytime where I'm like there is an all-powerful being why are they putting people to do the thing that they should be able to do themselves I don't I don't like that it just breaks a narrative for me and so for me it's like what if there's no gods because that's just what i believe in but this person is somehow able to channel the energy of everybody that's died since the calamity and that's how they get their power and and so it's like letting people who want to play the priest character uh you know do this and that's like as i started play testing like one of the characters i created with among the three that are throughout the book but it hasn't shown up yet except Actually, actually, never mind. Matt drew him in the death pre-section. It's this guy who looks kind of like Elvis. And <laughs> my thought for him was he would go into villages and say, oh, I'm a death priest and your town is haunted by spirits. And he'd do a couple magic tricks and charge people money and food. And basically it was a shyster, but he was actually a death priest and could do things and like so that's in my brain that kind of character you know yeah those those are the main ones yeah because you also released some other new character classes on your blog right yes yes uh so i'm working on new ones but i i really do try to release everything i do before it's in a book on my blog uh you know like maybe one or two classes or something i'll keep so it's like there's a reason to buy my book you know, I guess, uh, aside from that, I 
give them all kisses of love and rub up against them and they smell nice. Uh, mm, but yum. <laughs> yep, there you go. Um, you know, you didn't know that one bookshelf was letting me roll all over their paper every night and peanut butter. <laughs> um, but basically, I try to put everything on my blog. And so those classes that I've put on my blog, which are the Armadite, which is basically a giant insectoid, like roly-poly creature. Um, there is a super soldier to kind of like cater to the Captain America kind of thing. One of the classes I really loved in third edition, that was a, a mixed class, you know, like one of the splat books was called a hex blade. And it was like, it could use some spells, but it was like a martial class. So I kind of took a, a, a different version of that. And I'm working on a book that will be like road trip and through the United States. And Ooh, it's going to be, the whole map of the United States and I break it down into sections and uh, I, I'm kind of doing it the same way I did hubris where there's going to be like a few locations with a small amount of text, some plot hooks, maybe some charts and tables. And then there's going to be an encounter chart and then like a lay of the land chart. So you can add more shit as you need it. So when we're saying road tripping through the USA, are we talking more Mad Max road yep. tripping? Okay. That's yeah. What, so like the, the, only, the only road that exists through part of the United States is uh route six, six, six. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> and that's going to be near a hell mouth. And so demons are going to come out. And so I'm going to like have, I'm also channeling some, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles into this <laughs> into this book. Um, and again, it's going to be the same, I, I hope, knock on wood when I finally finish it, it's going to be the same artists that worked on these two projects with me because I love working with them. And, it's, and we're going to have the same three main characters because that was something I really wanted. I wanted those identifiable like Ukla, the mock, you know, Ariel, the, and so those are my three characters. <laughs> um, so they'll be throughout the book as well. Uh, and that's, I, I, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the, the art in Slave Minds. I have, but I don't have the book in front of me right now. Light has the book with him. I have the book here. <laughs> so that one, you know, was a, a level zero funnel that I wrote for Barbarians. And uh, the art in it is Zora, who is the main character in the main book, and Atuk, the, the rhino beast man, as children. As children, ah, got it. You know, so it was like, here's your, here's your intro zero funnel, and you guys go through the adventure, you survive, and then you can flash forward five or ten years. And it's like, you guys have been adventuring together. For this time, you're now adults and or not, whatever. You could just continue. But for me, it was like that fun thing of like, here's their story. And I had one of the artists draw a picture, which is Zora holding her hand out to a scared Atuk to like, yep. <laughs> come with me. So I, I really wanted to like paint that picture so people who enjoy the book and are going to enjoy seeing these characters because they're going to be in all my books. That's great. I like that. That's I think Paizo did something like that with a lot of right. characters and, yep. and they had them kind of I don't know, did they follow into second edition with those too? Were they all in there? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't look at second edition. <laughs> I, I picked up the second edition when they unionized and they recognized the union. I went out and bought a copy of second edition. If they recognize the union, I'm I'm buying second edition. Okay, <laughs> it's that's on my shelf. I mean that's it's just my shelf, but I'm I picked that up for the union power to the people yeah i get you so 
I'm going to ask a question that has nothing to do with barbarians of the ruined earth. Sure. What got you into gaming and wanting to do your own games? Like, where'd you start? Where'd your, where'd your path go to bring you to where you're at now? Uh, well, I mean, I started gaming when I was six, 15. Uh, and, uh, basically this guy invited me to role play with his friend and it was second edition D and D and the friend who was the DM said, okay, yeah, sure. Whatever. And gave me a hundred question questionnaire that I had to fill out oh, uh, for, for my character. What? It was like background. Okay. Yeah. It was like, what is your favorite cheese? And like, it's what happened to you as a child? And supposedly, supposedly he would take those, those answers and morph them into the story, which why, but anyways, um, so I spent time doing this and then I had to make character, which was not hard, but it wasn't easy. You know, you, when you don't know what you're doing and you have Thacko and all this weird shit and, <laughs> and so we i'm playing a dwarf thief fighter because they didn't have a thief and they i don't know they said you can't hurt the fight okay fine <laughs> so we're the, my, literally like he starts us in front of a crypt i unlock the door and he was one of the gms who would roll everything behind the screen so he would not let you see what your skill check was and so i was like all right i open the door he's like all right yeah you open the door okay you get in the room and, oh there's a chest to the side okay i go check the chest and everyone's like check for traps mike check for traps i'm like okay check the traps there's no traps okay i open it you feel a sharp needle in your your thumb oh. <laughs> roll roll a d20 roll yeah you fail your character's dead and he like dramatically ripped up my character sheet and then was like you're done here make a new character and fill out this hundred question questionnaire again yeah again and i was like can i just use the same one and make a new character but no that character's dead and i said yeah i'm done i'm uh i'm not this is not fun i'll stick with final fantasy so that buddy came over the next another buddy the guy who got me in the game came over the next day said he was so sorry and offered to run a game for me and my friend who were in my room playing video games uh right then and there and then that's when i was hooked and then i within five months i was running my own games and everything i ran steadily from 15 all the way until i started my blog which i it's what 2000 so 2008 2009 i think is when i started my blog and so i had just gotten hired at, at a hospice as a receptionist so i had a lot of downtime in between projects and everything and so i I would spend my afternoons reading rpgbloggers.com if anyone remembers that because I know that's been defunct for a while. But like I would go to that every day and it was just a giant RSS feed and it was glorious. You could just scroll through all these awesome blogs that were creating, creating amazing content or like challenging the way RPGs were done. And I wanted to be a part of that. And so I started a blog and it was learning my steps of like where I, I got in, in, involved. And I, and I know like this is going to be controversial and I really apologize, but one of the books that really decided to get me involved in this was Vornheim, uh, you know, by Zach, Zach S. And I know we're not supposed to talk about him and that's whatever, but it was a goddamn great book. I'd never seen anything like it. It, and it made me think of this like super rules, light punk rock way of, of doing books. I'd never seen anything like it. And that really is what took me off. And then, so I started writing hubris for fun on my blog and Jess Gordon 
was like, dude, you got to publish this. And I was like, nah, no one's going to buy my shit. Like I just, I just do this for free. And he's like, no, you got to try. It can't hurt. And so that's when that whole process took off. And then now we are here playing barbarians of the ruined ruined earth. Earth. Exactly. (laughs) And advertising fleshlights. Ah, yeah. That's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) So we're coming up close to time. I want, before we get off here, before we wrap things up, I want you to tell our listeners where they can find you on the internet, specifically where they can find your blog, because you spoke about it quite a few times, and I'm not sure if they 100% know where it is or what it is. I'll put it in the show notes, but let them know where they can find you all there. So my my blog is uh, DIYRPGproductions.com, all one word. Um, you'll know me because my logo usually offends most people when they see it. It is, a, it is we a love giant, your logo. Well, thank you, and I appreciate that. It is a giant middle finger and it is DIY. And I'm gonna say it is not directed at you. And if you think it is directed at you, <laughs> then please it probably see my is. logo. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but like my like, and I get this, like people like I literally had someone uh reach out to me recently in multiple times a year. Because they they actually feel like my my middle finger is at them, <laughs> and it's not. And it's like it is an homage to the '80s punk, '90s punk that I grew up loving, and and it was just I pitched it to my wife. I said, "Look, I want to do a middle finger DIY, but I want to do it punk." And Ange, my wife goes, "I can draw that." And the fact that my wife was like. I think this is a good idea and drew it. <laughs> Do it. Little did she it. know that, that it would be the middle finger heard around the world. That's good. I appreciate it. I, I, I definitely have a, I have a, a long sort of history with DIY scenes and, and things I like that. Now it's automatically recognizable to me. No, but I, I didn't get that from, I think that's uh, an atheist A on your arm, uh, but mm, I may be wrong. That's close. <laughs> right. Close enough. It's uh, one of the two. It's one of the big A's. <laughs> or is it Avengers? Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's the... Uh, I am an atheist. Yeah, I'm an anarchist, but I don't know. Well, with the anarchy one, I'm used to it going out of the the circle. There's different different style A's now. I see your black flag and misfits. Awesome. My beauty. We love Rollins. Oh, yes. Love my crass. I love him so much. Steve Ignorant is brilliant. Anyways, I appreciate the the punk rock DIY aesthetic there. And I noticed that instantly. I was like, ah, I like this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, I want to have fun. I want to have fun in the industry. And, and like, I'm really glad, Light, that you ran my adventure that's not out yet. Because, like, the idea I have, if you don't pr- permit me to speak on this real quick, is I'm tired of modules being 40 to 60 pages because again, in my world and, and how I get to play games, I don't have time to run those sessions. They take me three months to get through that. And by the time I get done, players don't give a shit. They've forgotten everything. <laughs> so I'm trying to create these bite-sized adventures that have enough that can go one to two sessions, but most likely one and or it could be run multiple different ways. And then my idea is I'm going to release these in groups of five. I will tell you. It is, I hear often people looking for adventures that are one shots and a lot of the ones that people use, 
take a lot more time than one shot. Exactly. <laughs> it's hard exactly. to find one shot. <laughs> the multiple. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's kind of where I, I recognize, I write my books for me and it's just a, it's just a great gift that people again, thank you guys for playing them and everything, but like, I want to make it so I can have fun because I have to believe in what I'm doing. So for me, I want those kind of like one shot episodic adventures. And that's what I'm trying to capture. I definitely, I definitely can respect that. I like that. I think it's a great, a great thing to bring to gaming because there's definitely more people. We need more shorter adventures that aren't that long. That's one thing we need. Well, we're running about on time. If you've enjoyed what we've, what you've heard here today, please leave us a positive review wherever you're listening. Share with your friends and family. You can check us out on Facebook. We're pretty active. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. We got a little page there that we respond to pretty quickly. I'm on Twitter at Logar Harold Crom. Hey, we just started a Patreon. This stuff has been taking some time and money from us. So any kind of support would be great. It's patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards. And keep those dice rolling. And when you're playing barbarians, you want to roll ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>